guys, it's John Nelson, and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. Guys, this is a show for complete athletic development. Our mission here is to give you the tools to win, whether you are the athlete, the parent, or the coach. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Chris Scarborough. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's a little bit chilly on this uh, uh, for an April uh, Saturday morning, the Saturday before Easter 2023. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little bit uh, unusually cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. It is over here as well. Um, so, let's. Uh, if you're new to our show, I appreciate you joining us. And let me give you a breakdown of how we operate. We are a little different than your standard podcast. We have multiple shows within our show. So, the first type of episode that you're going to hear from us is going to be the Q and A, which is what you got today. That's where you will submit your questions through. Chris, where can they send them? It's going to be on info at startingblockpodcast.com. Info at startingblockpodcast.com. And yep. there, just remember, the title of our podcast is The Starting Block, but our website is startingblockpodcast.com. Yep. And uh, that is where you can submit the questions and the website. Um, I, believe me, guys, I tried to get the starting block podcast.com, but it was already taken. So, um, and it's an inactive website. So, if any listeners here know how to uh, help us with that, that'd be awesome because I can't seem to figure out how to, how to take that domain over. But, anyways, the point is you can submit your questions to info at startingblockpodcast.com, like Chris said, um, and we, we will answer those questions here. Those can be anything uh, related to training, performance, rehab, nutrition, you name it. Um, the neuro stuff, we'll, uh, we'll dig into all and of they can, By the way, the they ep- can also subscribe on any of our platforms through that same webpage. So directly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everything's right there. there on the front page. I mean, if you want to do Apple, uh, Spotify, YouTube, any of them, you can, uh, you can subscribe right there on that first page. Yep. Yep. Um, and so that's uh, it's Q&A. The uh, yeah. other type of episode that you're going to hear from us will be our guest interview and that's uh what a normal podcast uh, is going to sound like you know most podcasts you hear out there it's going to be just a couple people sitting down talking and that's what our guest interviews are we're going to bring on um you know colleagues who share the same core values and missions that we do and they're going to share their stories of how they win and how they operate with their clients their patients and like i said we got a great guest list we've had some amazing guests on and we got a whole lot of really good ones coming up too if you're interested in seeing who's coming up we actually have that listed on the website as well so you can see who we got coming up for uh probably the next three months or so um and then the final episode is going to be our friday fact or saturday sermon kind of depending on when i get to it i don't do these every week uh you know it's every it's every couple weeks it's more so about 10 to 20 minutes of me giving you a little bit of insight into the business side of stuff, maybe the motivational side of, you know, athletics or fitness or strength or what have you. Like I said, I don't do those episodes every week because I, I don't really believe in just putting content out there just to put it out there. If I'm going to put something out there, I want to make sure it's got a good quality to it. And so I'm not just going to ramble and say something and, and just have it fill space. So that's why you see those episodes, you know, periodically. Um, I try to be consistent with it, but I just got to make sure I got something good to say. Um, so that's, uh, that is the breakdown of our show. Uh, we went over how to subscribe. Uh, so I do ask that you please subscribe, leave a review. That's how we grow guys. And then, uh, the final little bit, a little bit of housekeeping here is just want to say a shout out to exercise unlimited. Um, so 
If you don't know, Guys Exercise Unlimited, they're the largest distributor of new and pre-owned fitness equipment in Memphis and the Mid-South. They're locally owned and operated for over 23 years. They have a 5,000-square-foot showroom with all the major brands, and they've got a 25,000-square-foot warehouse of high-quality pre-owned fitness equipment. So they are the experts in the fitness industry. Give them a visit if you're local at 387 South Front Street, or you can visit them online at Exercise Unlimited. Tell them John and Chris sent you, or you can use the promo code STARTINGBLOCK2023 and get some discounts there. So appreciate uh, Exercise Unlimited. All right, housekeeping stuff, I believe, is done. Let's move on to the show. The show is Q&A today. And our question came from one of Chris's clients down in Birmingham. And a parent was asking um, why they're so – well, let me rephrase this because it might make you look, Chris, bad. <laughs> it might make you look bad. And that's not, that's not what happened. The parent was asking why their son tore their ACL. And that's a, that's a great question because it kind of digs into the, the why and the what and the how and, and all that stuff. Right. So, it was really um, more along the lines of what does it mean to treat the why? Now, this is a, a, a frequent listener, uh, and the question was more along the lines of what does it mean to treat the why versus treating the what? They know what they tore. They know what they injured. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean to treat it? So, you know, going back to say some of the, you know, the Dr. J episode or the Dr. Rob episode or the Carolyn McMakin episode or the Jay Schroeder episode, what does it mean to treat or train sure. the why as opposed to okay. just training or treating the what? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll be, I'll get into that and we can um, kind of go back and forth on that. So, <clears throat> you know, you, you got to look at it through the lens of muscles really having two distinct properties, all right? Now, we know, you know, the ACL is not a muscle, so, but understand that muscles have two distinct properties, and, and, and how they operate and function is going to ultimately influence what's going on with things like, you know, joints or ligaments or bursa or discs or what have you, okay? So muscles, A, they're designed to strengthen, and this is kind of what we know, right? This is kind of what you think of when you think of, you know, rehab or, um, the gym or, you know, the physical property of the muscle, you know, I, I include kind of tissue quality, like, you know, pliability or flexibility, whatever, you know, all those different things are kind of in that strength category in my mind. And don't get me wrong. That's important. Like we got to have strength, right? I mean, like, you know, your core's got to be strong. You know, if you're rehabbing from an ACL, obviously you had a quad and all that's got to be strong, but it's really only half of the equation. The other side of that is muscles have to absorb force. That's their second role. And, a muscle absorbing force is what ultimately helps protect our body. So the way this happens is force is a constant. It's always gravity. All right, gravity is always pushing down on us. But then you can add additional force to the body, like, you know, jumping or lifting a weight or like tripping over the curb and like, you know, having to catch yourself. Like that's extra force that's entering the system. So what happens is our brain sends the signal down to whatever muscle or muscles it needs to turn on at that time to absorb that force. And this loop is always going like it's going really, really fast and it just doesn't stop. But the problem is, is that if that loop gets you know, shut off or cut off and that signal can't get there, then that muscle is not going to be able to respond as quickly as it should or it may not even respond at all. And when that happens, the force that enters is going to travel somewhere else. It's going to go to another part of the body. 
Well, that part of the body, it's already got its own job. And so if it's taking the brunt of another muscle that's not working, then it's going to start to get inflamed. It's going to become painful. And if the problem persists, it's going to eventually stretch, fray, tear, rupture, etc. And the key with this whole thing is like you can't separate you can't, a muscle. You cannot strengthen a muscle and influence how it absorbs force. It doesn't work that way. Like if it did, then strength would fix everything. But that's not how it works. The muscle's ability to absorb force is controlled by the signal the brain sends to the muscle. So think of it like a light bulb. Like if you have a forty watt bulb in you know in your lamp, and you change that out to a sixty watt bulb, that'd be the same thing as strengthening the muscle. But if the light switch never sends a signal to the light bulb, it's never going to work. And that's the same process here. And so when we look at something like an ACL, you know, obviously the medical diagnosis and everything is extremely important. Of course, like you got to go through that. That's not what we're, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is it's usually the thought of the you know practitioner or therapist or whomever that the problem resides within the ACL. But when you look at it through the lens of muscles absorbing force, you can see that the ACL is the byproduct of a muscle not absorbing force. The force wasn't absorbed, so it travels into that ACL, and that's what creates the ultimate problem. Now, Doctor has to come in, do surgery. You got to go through the rehab process, of course. But RN, we can help get the muscles firing again, not via strength, via neurological stimulation. Get the muscles firing to absorb force and take the force out of that area so it can it can heal more efficiently. Right. And that's that's kind of how how we attack things, how we do it at ELP. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm you know a lot of the training under you know. Dr. J, we do, you know, me, Dr. J, Dr. Rob, you know, that that's how we uh, approach well, things. Well, the the interesting thing is is that you know, as you said or and as Dr. J said in his previous interview, it's it's not like you know, taking a step on on you know, just walking down the sidewalk or walking in your house or whatever shouldn't hurt. I mean, your body clearly has the strength to be able to walk. And it should have the ability to absorb the forces from that just walking around in your house or walking on the sidewalk. But clearly, a lot of people hurt when they when they take steps or they do whatever. Well, it's so clearly something is not absorbing force. There's a threat there. So it, right. once again, it goes back to what you were saying about timing. It's that timing. There's something is not turning on at the right time to absorb force which is creating make, cr- making that force go into a joint or into you know and, and it could we're, we're using the ACL in this example but we could pick any joint in the body you know it could be mm-hmm. you know your ankle hurts or your foot hurts or your or your knee hurts or your hip hurts or or whatever it just so happens in this particular individual it was a ACL tear well, and that was a significant right. amount of force that went into that but you know right and and I want to I want to interject real quick and step in because, you know, I think there becomes some confusion and like, okay, well then if a muscle is always you know you know absorbing force and the timing is correct, then there shouldn't be any injuries. It's like okay, I see your theory, but here's the deal: if you know if I'm a running back and a 300 pound offensive lineman comes barreling you know into my knee. I don't really care how how many muscles are turned on and how efficiently they're absorbing force. Your knee is going to give. Like it's right. just, it just is what it is. So 
you know, there's still injuries are still going to happen, but we're we're talking about these, you know, like these non-contact type of things, you know, um, the day-to-day things, you know, like you right. were saying. And another thing too that we'll frequently see, and and uh, once again, we've had numerous one of our of our guests that have mentioned this, and it it's you know, think of the person who's not turning on, you know, turning the muscles on at the right time. Okay, we're not talking about the strength. But they'll seem to have one little injury after another. So they tear one, one ACL. Well, six months, nine months, whatever, a year later, they tear the other one. Or they re-injure the first one. Uh, then they have a hip injury or hip pain or, or whatever. You know, those things are, are the, I know for, for my, you know, for my curiosity, those are things I'm very interested in being able to prevent that next one. You know, and so sure. it's, it's, yeah. uh, being able to, I think that's where neurotargeting and and you know this this neural uh, method of training. I think that's that's where we're going to have the biggest impact. I think that we're, that's where it can have the biggest impact is being able sure. to prevent that person from having that second injury that next time around, or being able to recover from that first one. And I tell you, mm-hmm. I, John, you know, I, I don't know about you, but Doctor Rob interview to me was was eye-opening. I mean, the very fact that an unresolved concussion could have an impact on your healing of a, of a current injury, or it could create a, a, a second injury, a secondary injury somewhere down the road, that, that, that non-contact injury can make you more susceptible to that non-contact injury. I mean, that to me, that fascinates me, that yeah. that, that, that can actually create that, that issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't I don't remember if I said that mm-hmm. or if I shared this in in his interview or not. I usually have guests on. I try not to get in the way too much, um, you know, because I know people get tired of hearing me and they want to listen to them. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I shared this story or not. But yeah, I, I mean, I know I remember probably eight, nine, ten years ago, something like that. Right when we first started, it was the yeah, I think I did share a story. It was the athlete that I actually brought down to you, and that's how you and I met a long time ago. Um, but what ended up happening was like this young man at the time had started just accumulating all these just random injuries that just no, it didn't make sense. And, you know, nobody could really figure it out. And, you know, basically the long, the short story was he had sustained a, you know, a few hits to the head prior, you know, uh, I mean, months, year, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I've seen the guy. Um, but ultimately, it was just that you know subtle little neurodegeneration that ultimately impacted what the body was able to do. Like, and that that's where you know in the concussion thing. I think it becomes important to understand. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical. So I'm not giving you medical advice on how to treat a concussion by any means. Like, follow what your doctor tells you. When you look though at how the nervous system interacts with the muscular system, what you see is that muscles are really not important on the hierarchy of needs. Our body doesn't really care about the muscle. It needs them to support our body and move and all that stuff. But in the hierarchy, they're not important. So if our brain is working to try to repair something, it's it will more than likely be at the expense of the muscle. And like that doesn't mean that you're not ever going to be able to move it. It's one of those things you don't even realize is happening because your body is efficient. It's going to work around the problem. But I always tell people, like, you know, it's it's evaluating, okay, if I'm watching your eye, okay, and we're doing, like, pursuits, all right, it's, okay, is 
do, do you follow, you know, back and forth the right way? Okay. Yes or no. But what, what you got to think of is like, okay, if you, if you get hit in the head, it's no longer does the eye move back and forth the right way. It's has the pattern of that changed? Like, is the signaling process different? And that's just an example that I, 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 that's how my brain thinks about it. And I think when we get into the concussion type of stuff and how it influences the body, that's kind of the, the approach of looking at it. It does. does, that make any it does. Sense? And so that kind of answers my next question. So if, if, so in a lot of ways, the way a concussion could impact, say, this ACL or, or create a, a susceptibility to tearing the next ACL, it could very well be that, that it, it changes this person's muscular recruitment pattern. It, it could be yeah. it could yeah. be it affects their visual system and their the way that they perceive their environment. In which case they they you know mm-hmm. maybe you know so they say so they don't have the right uh, reaction to to what they see. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm really interested in getting into you know, how does the vestibular you know impact this. So I turn my mm-hmm. head and all of a sudden I don't I don't perceive information coming in around me, and that impacts the way I turn muscles on. So once again, I mean, we still come into this this uh, this particular issue of okay, I perceive my environment. I don't turn muscles on at the right time, at the right amount of time, at the at the right level of force, and you know, fill in the blank. And now all of a sudden, now I have another injury, or I have another, I, I tear mm-hmm. my other ACL, or I re-injure the same ACL, or I don't heal. Sure. From that from that surgery as fast as I should, or I don't my quad doesn't turn on, you know all of a sudden I, I can't get my mass back, my strength back that I should have gotten back from that that injury in the first place. There's a there's a lot of other you know, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why the brain or injuries to the brain or you know we, we're again you know we're not saying. We're saying we're not saying that these are necessarily clinical concussions, or uh, you know, they, they may not even be a concussion. It could just be some you know some other you know you know eye tracking pattern issue, but yet it impacts this particular person's joint health. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I put up I put up on my my page uh, my personal page and my my business elp's youtube page a, a short little video of a um of a young lady who had sustained a, a minor concussion and just something so something as minor as that i mean it, it altered her movement pattern quickly um you know within a couple of weeks like you could see a change in how she was uh you know in her slow-mo video what was going on but you know, kind of back to the acl thing you know i mean we, i've worked with plenty of of acl recoveries and you know, if you're a PT or a doctor listening to this, we're not stepping on your toes at all. Like, it, it, this is all about working together to help because, you know, the parameters that are set for the healing process are important to follow. The strengthening, you know, parameters and rehab, that's all very important. What the doctor says, you know, is very important. Where we come in, though, is, again, understanding that it it tore and muscles are not absorbing force and that's why it tore now surgery can also alter that as well okay because you're you're influencing things and so by getting with somebody af like quickly into their recovery you know abiding by parameters you know the doctor sets forth and getting these muscles to 
respond again, getting them to absorb force helps assist that healing process because the force is no longer going into that area. And I mean, we've shaved a lot of time off ACL recoveries. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of people that have, you know, gone through their protocols with their PTs and doctors and, I mean, gone very quickly through it. And, you know, that that's part of the reason why. I mean, because you're you're addressing the origin of the issue, not just the symptom right. or the end result. We're addressing the origin. By the way, shout out um, to, to Zach and uh, Evan with uh, Accelerate yeah. ACL. I mean, that, mm-hmm. I mean, think about, you know, being able to work with the PT. You know, it, it, you know, pre-ACL, yeah. you know, before this person even has surgery, and given enough time, they can actually have this patient, you know, if they have, say, three weeks, he said it's not unusual for them to have the person who has not had surgery yet to be running. Yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was that very was cool. cool. And you think that. about it, that, and, and he's not saying, hey, you, you don't have to have your ACL repaired. He's, he didn't, he's not saying that. What he's saying is that body is now prepared. Yeah. He's now that's a, a great mm-hmm. period, a great time now. Okay, now your body's ready to have surgery and recover. Yeah, I mean he's you've made the process like you have you've yes. helped the surgeon and out. The PT. Like, yes, and like the PT. now it's yes, a, yes exactly by by addressing some more you know of of the origin and. <clears throat> excuse me, you know, addressing some more of the origin there. And like, it just, it makes their, makes their job even, you know, easier, like, and it helps that healing process. And I think that's where, you know, this me- trying to help get this message out is, is how we can I- improve this, you know, segment of the industry. Cause I think, I think it, it, you know, years ago, there was a time where all this was fresh and new. And I think there were a lot of, you know, providers that obviously naturally skeptical and stuff, of course, but like, I think there were just some people out there that, you know, took it as like, oh, hey, you know, it, this is replacing it. And like, no, no, that's not what it's for, guys. This is to help, you know, to help bolster and boost the healing process. Um, I got another interesting one sure. about the concussion. Um, this just popped into my head. This was, um, I haven't talked, I haven't seen this client in a while. He moved away. Um, but this was a guy that I had worked with, you know, for a while, I mean, a couple of years. I mean, he'd, he'd been a client, kind of would come in if, you know, needed a little tune up or something or, you know, whatever. Um, so like I had a history with this guy, knew, knew him well and, um, came in one day and we were working through some stuff and he had this, like this arm issue and like, it would not go away. And like I said, I mean, I had experience with, with this guy. Um, we weren't making any progress with anything. I he was like, man, you get this looked at, go to a, go to a doctor. Like we need to figure out what's going on. Nothing could, nobody had any answer really. And all of a sudden just one day it showed up and was like, you had a concussion that we didn't talk about at some point, didn't you? Yeah. Bingo. Address that, address that neural issue. And I mean, bam, gone. Arm problem no. immediately dissipated. <laughs> it didn't, didn't return. And it's just, it's bizarre. And he's like, yeah, man, I had that concussion like 20 years ago, like in right. college, you know, it was like, wow. And just the fact that it lingered that long and just happened to show well, up. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, I find it interesting you know, to see some of the neurotargeting techniques and and some of the techniques I learned from uh, uh, primal reflex release technique. And he had a he had a, a, a Cairo. Yeah. I cannot remember the gentleman's name. I mean, fantastic stuff. Very gentle techniques that basically, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get right down to it, it's very gently lengthening out the sutures in the skull. It's a very mild process. 
even with the most mm -hmm. pain, you know, sensitive people in the world, it's a very gentle process. And, um, it's amazing. I mean, it almost puts people to sleep how, how relaxing it is. And yet, you know, I would imagine that if for some that have concussions, it's probably just kind of who, who and let's face it, how many people have had, have been hit in the head, have this mild underlying, you know, head trauma. And it, you, I mean, you don't even need to be hit in the head. Like I tell people all the time, it could be just you oh, bumped sure. your head getting out of the car. Like it does not take much at all. Dr. Tennant talks about that, you know, a lot too. I'll, yeah. And so I'll you get the spasm of these, but, of some of these areas, not, not the sutures themselves, but the, the, the tissues around the sutures. And then this little gentle technique just kind of relaxes them. And I'd be willing to bet mm -hmm. that, that, uh, you know, part of the relaxation is just that sympathetic, uh, tone relaxing a bit and that parasympathetic kind of taking hold and that person's wanting to go to sleep, you know, using just a gentle technique that, yeah. that, uh, the person barely feels. Yeah. You know, and you brought the PRRT. I'll kind of go on a tangent there. I, I shout out to you, you and Dan Fichter for turning me on to that years ago. Um, 10 years ago. I, I love that stuff. I still use it and I, I find it works extremely well. Like, you know, going through, you know, neuro target session with somebody, getting them in balance, getting things firing. And then if there is still kind of this physical manifestation that's present, maybe a muscle still is, you know, tight and just putting a balance doesn't release that yet um, or, or what have you. Um, then I, I use that all the time that, you know, right after because it'll because now you've, you've gone through the neuro target, you've eliminated, you know, any type of neural interference. You've cleared all that out. You've put the body back you know, in a very good state that it needs to be in muscles are doing the job. And then a little technique like that, that's super non-invasive. I mean, just boom, it can just loosen something up instantly. Absolutely. I do that all the time. Um, I love that technique, you know? Um, but you know, like your, your, uh, your hip, you know, you came mm -hmm. up, you know, a week or two ago and you asked, you know, Hey, yes. can I work on it? Cause your hip was bugging you. Um, and, and that's an, that's the same, it's the same thing we're talking about guys. So like, I, what was going on with his hip? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the doctor, you know, he, Chris has the medical background. <laughs> so it's like, you know, um, it, but same thing, just I checked, things were shut down, got them turned back on, boom, instantly within 15 minutes. Right. Gone. Right. And like, so it's not, so yeah. it doesn't matter if there's tissue damage, hardware damage, if you want to call it. Okay. It doesn't matter if there's tissue damage or not. I didn't hurt. That's what I cared about. Okay, I can now walk. Yeah. I can now move freely without hurting. That's what I cared about. That's what the patients care about in most cases. That said, you get the signals. So, so neurotargeting and that, that, that you know, getting the brain working to the muscle first, that's sort of step mm -hmm. one in this whole process, I guess, that, you know, it is. Oh, it's it not is. sort of it. So it is. It's like, yes, so it doesn't it matter if there's one. tissue damage or not. You still, just for that tissue damage to recover, to heal, it's got to have mm -hmm. the right yes. signal. You know, so gotta have signal, it. that's, so that's sort of where we're dealing with now. Then you can deal with the tissue and it will, it will start to heal much Correct. faster. And you can do that by uh, ARP yes. or newbie or other manual techniques strength training uh, at the appropriate level for that appropriate uh, period of time for that injury. 
And now you're going to get a much better response. So, John, just like you said a minute ago, this is not trying to step on the toes of the surgeon or the PT. It's the opposite. It's actually going to make their job easier. They're actually going to get a much better result yes. because this person's this 100%. person's uh, going to be working. <laughs> their, their brain's going to be working for them instead of against them. So, you know, that's, I think, yep. that's the why. That's going back to your original question. That's training, mm-hmm. treating the why. The what mm-hmm. is the is actually an easy part once the why is taken care of. Yeah, I agree absolutely. Um, I hope I hope that made sense to to people. And um, you know, just addressing the origin of the situation will make massive change in the recovery process um and, and that's just the recovery we hadn't even <laughs> right. talked about the performance side we'll do that on a, that's a, that's a right. whole other episode um you know because again like you can you, you can strengthen a muscle all day but if if it is if it is inhibited if there's a delay there if that timing's off it doesn't matter right. what you do it's and by the way stuck, it just you know? it just to, and, uh, to yeah. fill in the blank we just happen to use ACL in this particular example. You can fill in the blank to any yeah. musculoskeletal injury or pain. Oh yeah, it could shoulder, elbow, finger. I mean, yeah. oh, granted, I mean you know, you know, the the smaller the joint, the more susceptible. Yeah, but I, I've got a uh, I've got an Ajka Slaughter uh, kid right now uh, who came who came to see yes. us. And, I mean, yes, yes, I met him. I met him years, like, yeah, years. Yes. yes, you met him. Yeah, years, and they came to us, and I mean within like two sessions yeah i mean pain gone like and it's been over a month now and you know we're, we're still working on here like keeping things in balance and there's a you know there, i think there's been like one yeah. one or two days where it ached a little bit but when you go from a an eight out of ten on both knees all the time to zero you know or maybe a one at some points just by turning muscles on that's that's Absolutely. the impact of influencing the nervous system then you can you know, work on the physical side of stuff later. So that was a good question. I hope, uh, um, you know, whoever asked that, I hope that makes sense. If you got, if you got a a follow-up question on it, I mean, shoot us an email, please, or ask Chris next time you see him. I mean, I'll be more than happy to to get back on here and and talk about it um, a little bit more. And, um, you know, Dr. J, my mentor will be coming back on soon um, too. So, you know, happy to answer any questions as it comes, uh, you know, regarding neurotarget or anything like that. Um, So good question, man. I think we covered it. Um, So, Guys, share the show, please. Uh, leave us a review. Subscribe if you like this. If you got any info, if this is valuable to you at all, please leave us a review. Subscribe. That's a small fee to ask for uh, the information that uh, that we give you. I hope uh, if you got any value out of it all, we would greatly appreciate it. So, um, share the show, guys. We appreciate you listening. And yep, thank you. Talk guys. to you again soon. See you.